A group of survivors of a worldwide zombie outbreak make their way towards a ferry that'll take them to Catalina, but must go straight through the infected Los Angeles to get there. We watched the 2011 horror zombie film, Zombie Apocalypse, on today's episode of Bottom of the Barrel. Hello everyone and welcome to Bottom of the Barrel. I am your host as always, Jeff Bell, and this film today we have is a great and very special, special little terrific film for you. It is a zombie film, and basically if you've seen any zombie movie from the last, I don't know, 40 years, you'll know what this movie's gonna be like. All the cliches of the book, everything you expect will be here and present for you, including terrible acting, terrible acting, and terrible acting. And also a brand new feature coming to Bottom of the Barrel starting today will be our drinking game. At the end of the episode, we'll give you seven things to look for while watching the movie, and hopefully you guys can have a little fun when you watch these films with your friends. I do need to say that Ghost Hat Network and Ghost Hat Productions does not endorse excessive drinking, so please drink responsibly and drink with friends and only drink for this show and keep it to a minimum, but still have some fun. During the course of the review, I will be pointing out some of the more obvious drinking spots, but obviously, I'm not going to be pointing them all out, so keep an eye out. Let's just get right on to it. The movie begins with a brief overview of the history of the virus infecting the world. Apparently, within two months, the world has gone to hell, and, well, we're up to date. Amazingly enough, this opening is fairly well done with both special effects and pacing. Cut to six months later, after the opening credits, and... It's an asylum film. <sighs> Man, I should have known better. We open on three survivors walking, attempting to find somewhere to be that's not the obvious safety of a containment camp. You know, the place you'd want to be during a zombie outbreak. They stop and try to find food, only to make a ridiculous amount of noise while trying to get candy out of the largely marked candy machine. The noise causes the hordes of zombies standing, apparently just off frame, behind buildings to start making their way towards them. Darnell, from My Name is Earl, fights back on some of the zombies with a wrench because of all the things he could have grabbed. That was apparently the best thing he could find, but starts getting attacked just as Ving Rhames and another handful of professional zombie fighters show up and take the zombies down quickly, using numerous slow-motion shots of the zombies dying. Drink. The one fighter uses a sword, which promptly cuts his head off of a handful of zombies, though never actually has any blood on it at any point. Amazing blood-cleaning swords. They should market those. In the middle of the fight, one of the three original people got attacked by the zombies and is still alive as he lay bleeding on the ground with part of his neck missing. The original woman survivor, having seen zombies and know how they come to pass, apparently completely forgets for a second what happens to them and believes the man is just fine. He, of course, turns into a zombie, and then they kill him. The group of zombie fighters introduce themselves and say they need to get going when the original woman survivor, who I will from here on out refer to as Dense McStupid, says she's not going because she doesn't want to leave her friend that she's known since college. Dense is apparently in denial that her friend turned into a zombie and now hates the zombie fighters for killing him. It's these people that actually cause the spread of the zombie infection, I'm pretty sure. Is there some sort of pre-screening process we could do now to just start wrangling them up? You know? Put him in a jail somewhere, away from everyone. So after stopping and looking at a dead body, with an arrow sticking out of it, they talk about everything that the opening credits already showed us, and keep walking to the next scene. Drink. Oh, and one of the members spot a dog off in the distance and wants to keep it to train. However, the others mention that it's a stupid idea and force him to leave it behind. 
Odd how it's in the distance, really. I'm sure that won't play into anything later on. So the group walk into an abandoned apartment neighborhood where the two women split off to go to the bathroom in the trees outside of the apartments, you know, instead of going into one of them and using the actual bathroom. I know the EMPs went off and there's no electricity, but you can kind of still use the toilets. Drink. As the group continued their walk through the neighborhood, heading to get supplies and gear for the two new members, the dog appears again. Oh, they're building to something big, I can feel it. But again, they say to leave the dog behind because it'll only cause trouble. Ooh, they're tricky. The group start telling Daryl and Dense McStupid their rules to live by and mention that there's different types of zombies, normal, slow ones, and runners. Dense asks, what's a runner? Drink. And Sword Lady comments that they're faster zombies higher up on the food chain, hence the name. Pretty much anybody could have just assumed that. Making their way into badly VFX-ridden Los Angeles, the group finds a sports shop where Sword Lady and Leader of the Pack first smell for zombies. Really? <laughs> but when the room is apparently empty, they start acquiring items and padding, though for some reason, Daryl never actually grabs anything, though he does have a golf club for a second, and then not again in the next scene. Complete waste of time. Then, out of the blue, zombies start flooding into the sports store. They fend off a handful of them and manage to lock the front door and get out the back, only to be promptly chased by a horde of new zombies. They escape by rigging a bullhorn to go off, distracting them. That's actually kind of new. I, I haven't seen that. Except, oh wait, what game was it that I saw? Oh yeah, Left 4 Dead did that. Holding up in a diner, Ving Rhames finds spaghetti and noodles, and they all have a light-hearted moment talking about how they met around the table eating a fully cooked meal even though there's no power or running water in this place. They discuss that they're heading to Catalina, which is supposedly the last safe, zombie-free area left. Would like to know how they plan on actually getting out to Catalina. Are they, are they going to swim there? So after some s'mores, I kid you not, more unnecessary character backstory about Sword Lady and her brother possibly turned zombie, and the leader losing his wife to cancer a few years back, the moment is interrupted by the reappearing dog, who turns out to be infected, and they kill it. Wow. That was anticlimactic. The group keep moving and find a football field where they spot a sniper's nest in the announcer's booth. Going to investigate, Sword Lady and Leader Guy walk up to the side door where a zombie is found, dying with an arrow in his head where the leader guy then walks up again to the door. Continuity. They decide to leave the room. Sword Lady slices the throat of the zombie, only to somehow decapitate it, world's most amazing blood-cleaning sword, and head into the nearby school, which is apparently the last safe house until Catalina. Suddenly it's an ambush, oh noes, where a herd of zombies all slowly rush towards them in the gym. Team leader somehow manages to fire a ridiculous amount of shots without ever reloading, too. Magic weapons these people all have. Somehow, Dense McStupid manages to get off on her own where a zombie tracks her down and chases her into a shower, where she then promptly kills him with her rock climbing axe. In the process, Daryl gets attacked and ambushed by zombies, however you never see what happens to him. Breaking the news to Dense, they get out of the school and make their way out of the city where Sword Lady has a breakdown because she lost her brush. Yeah. So as they sit around talking, they do this a lot in this movie it seems, they all comment on what they'd like to do once they reach Catalina. They leave, and apparently are back at the apartment complex from earlier in the film. Seriously, couldn't even make it look a little different. 
They come upon a smoking building where they stupidly walk towards the smoke saying, There's someone moving inside. Drink. They all approach and surprise, it's another thing of zombies. Two other survivors show up, giving the explanation as to who is shooting the arrows, and half the group take off with them, leaving Ving Rhames and Sword Lady alone on their own. Suddenly, a massive zombie with bad facial makeup shows up who's super strong and can only be defeated by a chainsaw. Back to the new group of survivors, the group arrives at their safe house, where they make their plan on how to get to Catalina Ferries. The next morning, Ving Rhames and Sword Lady have a moment where apparently they're... more than friends? And she's conflicted about what'll happen when they get to Catalina, where her husband is. I, I have no idea where this is coming from, or why it's important, but it's just kind of awkward. While walking, the young member of the group spots a porta potty and stupidly runs off for it. Drink. And guess what? <laughs> There's a zombie inside and they get attacked, of course. Running for safety, they all hide in a van, where the young one finds he's been bitten on the arm. Does he tell anyone? Actually, yeah, he does. Huh. That's... Kinda new, actually. The young one passes Lead Guy his journal and tells him to keep writing in it. Lead Guy, of course, refuses to believe young one is bitten dying, drink. But once he starts changing, he breaks his neck just before he can completely turn over. I, I guess that would work. I'll give you credit for that one. Back to Sword Lady and Ving Rhames, the two are confronted by a horde of zombies in which they get rid of them by tossing a regular hand grenade. The explosion that emits is so massively large that the zombies attacking the van of our normal group stop and head off towards them. Pretty sure grenades aren't that powerful. At least not visible from blocks away. Now up onto the roof of the building, Sword Lady and Ving Rames spot a reflecting light in the distance on another building where, guess what? It's the other group of people. Wow, what a coincidence. Sword Lady has a master plan to get through the horde of zombies, and that's mow the now small horde down with a Gatling gun she found earlier. Oh yeah, did I mention she found a Gatling gun? She has it in a shopping cart. It frees them enough time to meet back up with the other group, and together they run for safety behind a locked metal gate. You know, it's funny how apparently metal gates are able to stop zombies in these movies so easily. It's like they can't figure out the concept of them. It's weird. Now on the docks, the group breaks the news about the death of the young one to Sword Lady and Ving Rhames. They have a moment, and then find supplies and instructions about the ferry. Then, one of the other group ladies that I have no clever name for, finds a ditch with a handful of dead bodies in it where they realize something has been dragging the bodies away. Knowing no zombie ever drags a body away, they realize there's something else near them, only to find... A zombie tiger. I honestly thought I would never say that. I guess the whole thing with the dog earlier paid off. Wrapping a chain around its neck, Ving Rames uses his muscles to throw the anchor attached to the other end off the side of the pier and pull the tiger overboard. But surprise! There's another one because everyone knows badly CG'd zombie tigers hunt in packs. The lead arrow shooter guy gets killed and the tiger proceeds to go after Sword Lady. Ving Rames attempts to help but gets slashed across the throat in the process. He does still manage to have a Samuel L. Jackson moment where he kills the tiger, complete with classic mad black guy catchphrase, and dies. Aww. Sword Lady cries. Does... something weird off screen? I guess she kills him? I, I don't really know, it's just sound effects. You don't actually see anything. The group stand and wait, looking out to the water from the docks as the sun dramatically starts to set and the music swells. Lead guy asks what sword lady is going to do when they reach Catalina, which I'm pretty sure we've already gone over earlier in the movie, but she reiterates that she's going to kiss her husband. 
A quick Google Earth panning shot of Los Angeles skyline and a ferry approaches. The credits. This movie... Uh, you know what? There's there's only so much you can say. It's an asylum film. If you heard my review for 2012 Ice Age, this movie's actually not as bad as that one. 2012 Ice Age was terrible. It's so ridiculous. This movie was okay. It was actually a lot better than I expected. When I saw that it was an asylum film, I was just expecting the worst possible outcome. But it actually kind of moved okay. It does fall into the cliche zombie films. But if you're you know if you're watching the movie, you're probably watching the movie to see that anyways. Um, definitely uh definitely an enjoyable film. There's some definitely funny moments just because the characters are so stupid and obviously they only had a handful of uh, locations that they could shoot at and they used the hell out of those locations uh like i said the apartment complex is just one of those uh types of situations where they obviously were there for the entire day and filmed as much as they possibly could in that single location so but it, it was it, it's funny it's funny for just the stupidity of the film but and if anything is funny You'll love doing it during the drinking game. So let's get on to that section. So this week's episode's uh, drinking game. As I was saying during the movie, I kind of pointed out a couple of them, but I did not point them all out. So definitely go back and watch a careful eye. So here's the rules for this movie's uh, drinking game. Number one, any slow motion shot of a zombie getting killed. Number two, when someone doesn't believe another person is dead or is being infected when they obviously are. Number three, a character makes a completely irrational decision when they should obviously be making a better one. Number four, unnecessary exposition. That happens a lot more often than you expect. Number five, when someone asks just a completely stupid question. For example, when the lady went, what's a runner? Okay, that, you, okay. <laughs> Dense McStupid. Oi. <laughs> Number six, when Sword Lady kills someone with her sword, but she obviously never touched them, i.e., the sword was six inches away from the person, and it's obvious, but the thing still gets killed. And finally, number seven, when the same zombie is spotted multiple times at completely different locations. So there you go, that's the drinking game for this week. I hope you guys have fun with that. Obviously, drink responsible and have fun doing it. <laughs> Hopefully you're going to stay in the home that night because kind of have an idea that you're going to be drinking a lot. So let's move on to some trivia for this film. So there's not actually a lot of trivia in particular for this movie just because it's an asylum film and, you know, frankly, it's <laughs> it's kind of new too. So there's not a whole lot of time for, for interesting things. Uh, one little weird thing I noticed, if you find this movie on Netflix, because it is available on Netflix for your uh, instant streaming, it is actually listed as 2012 colon zombie apocalypse. However, the 2012 colon does not appear anywhere in the film, nor does it appear on the IMDb page. So I'm not exactly sure if that was a mistake, if they were, you know, if Asylum submitted this film at the exact same time they submitted 2012 colon Ice Age, uh, because it seems like, it seems like that'd be more of the reasoning that they just messed up on accident. Um, or I don't know if Asylum was attempting to like brand these films as 2012, you know, is the year of the apocalypse. And they were just trying to group all these films together. 
or or what was going on. But uh, yeah, so just 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 keep in mind that if you do look at this, uh, look for this film, look for it as 2012 colon zombie apocalypse. But if you look for it online, it won't have that. So uh, so final thoughts for this particular film. Uh, like I said, it was interesting. Um, definitely, uh, I have a, I have a theory that this movie is actually a, uh, sequel to 2012 Ice Age. Uh, I did not purposely mean to do two Asylum films in a row, especially these two movies, but it just kind of happened. Uh, and the, the reason why I feel like that this is a kind of sequel to, to 2012 Ice Age is because they're both supposed to take place kind of at the same time. If you ignore the the opening about the whole uh, zombie apocalypse uh, happening, it could still technically have happened during the course of 2012 Ice Age. 2012 Ice Age took place on the East Coast with uh, obviously a giant glacier uh, coming down and crushing the East Coast. But in that film, uh, there is a guy and his son that the family come across in his house. The guy is being crushed, quote unquote, underneath a ridiculously heavy uh, shelf, which is really not a heavy shelf at all. And um, but you see him and his son get into a truck and they head off west. They head out to the west coast. Okay, so now that's the last you see of them in the film. And they specifically said they're heading off to the west coast in this film. The opening scene the three survivors, Dense McStupid and Daryl from uh, My Name is Earl, there's a third guy. That third guy that gets killed is the same actor who played that father from 2012 Ice Age. Now, obviously, it's probably just like, oh, well, he's probably just like the Asylum like cast member <laughs> that they kind of pass around. But he kind of looks like he's wearing the same clothing that he did in that film. So my theory is that 2012 Ice Age happened first, the father and the son head out of the East Coast, make, make it to the West Coast. And it's during this whole time that the zombie apocalypse is starting to infect the rest of the world. And it finally gets to America, and his son gets killed, and so it's just him. So he's all by himself now on the West Coast, and then he dies in the beginning of this film. That's my theory. It's crazy, but if you've watched 2012 Ice Age, and then you watch this film, think about it. Because it could actually kind of make sense. And maybe that's what they were going for with the whole uh, 2012 colon before this name. Like maybe, like I said, it was supposed to be part of like this whole branding thing. Like they're going to try to pull a whole Marvel Avengers and Iron Man and Incredible Hulk where they're all connected some weird way. I might just be looking into this too much, (laughs) which is probably the case. But it is an interesting theory. And just kind of keep that in mind when you're watching this movie because really... You don't know what happened on the East Coast. There's no mention of what happened on the East Coast, so maybe it got attacked by a bunch of ice, and it's gone. So, but anyways, uh, that's pretty much my whole thoughts for this film. I hope you guys enjoy this. Hope you guys have fun, as always, with the drinking game. Not as always. This is the first time we've done the drinking game, but I hope you guys have fun with it. We're going to do that every single week now for the rest of the show, just because it's been a little added bonus and some extra fun (laughs) for you while watching it, because I know know some of these movies are... They're really kind of hard to sit through. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes you just you need a little um, encouragement, basically, to, to, to get your way through the entire film. So, but that is all for this week. I hope uh, you guys join us again next week for some more fun, more exciting, exciting, excitingly terrible films. Here on Bottom of the Barrel, I'm your host, Jeff Bell. You guys have a good week. Bye-bye. For more information about this and other programming, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net.